0: Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about building consensus. Savvy or sin? Irene was a fascinating blend of artist in the clouds and a crisp leader who got stuff done. Five years ago, She had become the head of a fine arts organization. She had a clear vision of where she wanted to take them. For her leadership team, she handpicked people she trusted, valued, and liked. Now, years later, she found the team disappointing. Individually, they were okay. But as a team, she found them nice and polite, but not terribly effective. Getting her team unstuck was one of the goals she had set for her coaching. In one of our earliest coaching conversations, I asked what she meant when she said the team was polite. She shrugged, They don't speak up, but I need to hear from them. We have some big decisions to make, and I want to be sure when we move forward, everyone's on the same page. I said, So polite means being quiet. Yeah, and it's slowing me down. If I'm not sure everyone's on board, we can't move forward. How so, I asked. Consensus is crucial, she answered. If we get partway into one of these projects and someone suddenly starts protesting, it turns into chaos. The time to raise objections is now. Can I ask a different question, I asked. Sure, she said. You said consensus is important. What did that mean? She shrugged. It's not complicated. Consensus is consensus. Everyone agrees on something, and then the wheels start to turn. I said... You want the decisions to be unanimous. Right. Everyone is on board. I've seen what dissension can do. When someone has a pebble in their shoe, it's going to blister up at some point. I would rather find out early. What? she asked, responding to a look on my face. I'm sorry, I said I didn't mean to interrupt you. A question occurred to me. You've talked about two things with your team. One is that they're polite. The other is that you want them to operate by consensus. I wondered, could those two be connected? How would they connect, she asked. I laughed. That's what I was wondering. We were both silent, thinking. And then she said, I can see how they might connect. I want consensus, and no doubt about it, consensus is hard, but you know, that was my choice. What was the result? People are being polite. Is everyone trying to please Mom in order for her to have the consensus she wants? Wow, woo, did I create this monster? We were silent again. And then she said, But isn't consensus good? I laughed. Based on your results, I guess not. She smiled. But what's the alternative? I don't want a rebellion later. I said, It's funny, Irene, I don't know you well yet, but my sense is that you are not a black-and-white thinker. I'm not, she agreed. Which is why this is surprising. When it comes to your team's decision-making, you've created a black-and-white system. Everyone's either on board or no one's on board. All or nothing, black-and-white, it doesn't seem like you. She said, what would happen the other way? Some people are left on the dock and the rest of us just sail away? I said, that's still black-and-white thinking. It is? No. Oh, yeah, it is. Huh, what am I missing? Clearly I'm not getting this. I asked, what if no one was left on the dock? What if they are all on board just in different ways? No, she said. That's when factions start. I don't want that. Okay, I said. I I see what you mean. I get it. I really do. I just think differently about what it means for people to be on board in different ways. To me, that's not the seeds of rebellion. To me, that's healthy boundaries and clarity of purpose. She looked away, then back at me. Tell me more. I'm beginning to think I'm at the root of all this. Keep going. How is it healthy for people to pretend to be on board when they're really not? I smiled, but they are on board. It may not be the way you imagined, but they are on board. Here, wait. Can I give a different for instance? You're married, right? Oh, yeah, she smiled. Thirty-eight years. Whoa, muscle tough, I said. So over those 38 years, has there ever been a time when you two had to decide something and it was apparent the issue was way more important to one person than the other, so the other person just goes along? Have you ever had one of those? All the time, she laughed. Last night, picking a restaurant. Perfect, I said. By the way, did you have a nice time? We did, she said. Even the person who lost, I asked, using air quotes. She laughed, yes, even me. I slowed down and shrugged. I don't know, but to me, it sounds like you were both on board, and that you were not on board in the exact same way. By your definition, that was not consensus. But I think it was, because there are varying levels of agreement, so everything was fine. There were no seeds of rebellion. She shook her head and smiled. My husband's name is Bert. Bert and I have this thing we learned from another couple when we were first married. It makes life really easy. One of us will just ask, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is this to you? And the other person will say, seven. And the other goes, oh, well, I'm a four, so go ahead. Uh, We didn't do it last night about the restaurant, but we could have. We do it all the time. It's great. I asked, what if you're both at like eight? She nodded. Then we need a longer conversation. But that's okay. Longer conversations are part of marriage, but if he's a four and I'm a seven, we don't have to have a longer conversation. That has been a lifesaver for us. I said, It's interesting that you can't imagine doing a version of that with your team. She laughed, like they were all Berts. I said, You already know how good a tool it is. I do, she agreed. I wonder why I never thought of it. I said, If it'll help, I have a PDF of exactly this. It's a line showing gradients of agreement. It's an eight-point scale. Each number has some words to go along with it, and it can be helpful for team decision-making. Words like what, she asked. Well, like on one end of the scale, I can live with it. And towards the other end, I'll support it, but I want my disagreement on record. The different gradients help people express how important something is to them. I'd like to see it, she said. I said, I first saw it at a meeting of a board I sit on. The chair passed it out before we had to make a big decision. She wanted us to use the language so that we could gauge the temperature of the room. And it helped us a lot. I, even afterwards, we would say things like, yeah, I'm a six on that, you know, whatever. Kind of like you and Bert. She was silent. And then she said, you said something before that I would really like to get better at. What was that? You disagreed with me in the smoothest way. You said, I think differently about that. It really jumped out at me because if it were me, I think I would have said something like, are you crazy? But that phrase, I think differently, that was slick. I smiled. Well, I'm glad you think so. I can't remember where I learned that, but boy, talk about a lifesaver. That has been great for me. When I lead with, I think differently I can be completely plain-spoken without picking a fight. It's empowering. She said, Well, I'm not sure it would be good for me. As the boss, when I say, Oh, I think differently, aren't they going to hear that they ought to change their thinking and agree with me? Is that what you want, I asked? Is that why you would tell them you think differently? No, she said, the thing that attracts me to I Think Differently is the acceptance of the fact that opinions will differ. More than one can exist. But when I express my opinion as the boss, it's going to carry a different weight. Well, I see how it might, I said. But if it's really a team decision, the boss's vote doesn't have to tip the scales. I mean, sometimes the leader picks a number like everyone else. One person, one vote. She said, whoa, that could put me on the losing side of a decision. I never thought of that. Huh, I guess this begs the question, how empowered do I want my team to really be? Whoa, man, you and I have some things to talk about. Irene took the gradients of agreement tool to her team, and they embraced it right away. It wasn't too long before she noticed that now that she wasn't driving for consensus, the politeness shifted to healthy debate. Once the team could disagree respectfully, It was easy to display the look and sound of leadership. Oh my, there is so much to unpack. Okay, here's where I'm going to start. Irene asked a question, but isn't consensus good? To which I say, sure. I mean, look, consensus is great. When consensus happens, sing hallelujah and move on. But there's a bigger question that I think the episode raises, which is, is consensus worth slowing down for? Irene felt it was. You know, she pushed really hard for consensus. She met with people one-on-one. She would talk about the decisions. And most of the time, she ended up influencing people, most of the time. But as she said, it slowed her down. Everything took so freaking long. So, yeah, consensus is great, but at what cost? Here's my contention. My contention is that when a team has permission to discuss ideas openly, and when they have the communication skills to talk and listen, they don't need to reach consensus. You can get to agreement way sooner than you can get to consensus, and agreement is good enough. Move on. Consensus is not worth the effort in that case, but you need those two things in place the ability to discuss ideas openly, and the skills to talk and listen. So how could you help your team achieve those two things? Let's take them one at a time. You are going to give your team permission to discuss ideas openly. Whoa, how are you going to do that, right? I mean, and let's just be honest, this is a set of skills that you never really master. You can get good at it, but they're always going to be curveballs. I have four ideas of things you can do. They're just four. You might, I would probably say, don't try and do them all at once. Try them on, see if you like them. They're just tools to get people talking. If you want to encourage people to openly discuss ideas, the first of these four things, say thank you. Welcome the ideas that you hear. And I am not saying that every idea adds equal value. That's certainly not true. But I'm saying that every idea has value because it's coming from someone who's contributing. You want to encourage that. If you want people to openly discuss ideas, ideas have to be encouraged. So be grateful. And remember, too, really, it can be hard for people to speak up. Appreciate their effort even if the idea is never going to make it onto anyone's top 10 list. So a quick thing. Responding with thanks is, you know, it's small. But I want to tell you, I know that it makes an impact. I do this in my facilitation all the time. And I know that it sets a different tone. I see it happen. And I also know that it can be challenging just to remember to do it, especially do it in your meetings. I think we walk into meetings with all kinds of pressures. Our attention is pulled in all different directions. It's hard in that moment, you know, when some annoying person says one more thing that is just completely ridiculous it's really hard to think oh yes let me be accepting and welcoming to this completely weightless idea you know but that is your job if you want people to discuss ideas openly you have to encourage ideas so play better poker and you know think about irene she worried that you know an eye roll from her was like an earthquake she was right she really understood that leaders behavior matters. So, say thank you. That's number 1. Number 2, be curious. Someone offers up an idea, you respond with thanks and then be curious. Consider it. Don't dismiss things out of hand. People see dismissal and they know that it could happen to them. If you want people to openly discuss ideas, Be curious. And again, not every time with every idea, with every person, but this should be a part of you that your team knows and recognizes and enjoys. So how are you going to do it tactically? Ask open-ended questions. Withhold your own stories. Lob the conversational ball back to them. Keep them talking. If you are truly curious, right, which is a state of mind, it's a kind of setting on your heart. If you are curious, it shouldn't be that hard. One thing to look for If it's your kind of intention to keep people talking and people respond to you with terse little machine gun bursts of information, you are probably not getting an open discussion of ideas. Something has them feeling cautious. Take a look at that. See how you can shift to curiosity. All right. That's number two. Here's the third thing you could do to get people to openly discuss ideas recognize that what people think is not about you. (laughs) People are going to be astonishingly different from you. People are going to have ideas that you think are boneheaded or, or downright dangerous. But that is how they think. And how they think is not about you. It is not a threat to you. It doesn't diminish you. It's not about you. If they think differently from you, ask yourself, is this a teachable moment? Do you want to have a conversation about it? It might be a great chance to clarify priorities, to reset direction. Great, have that conversation, but don't take it personally. It's not about you. That is number three of these four things. Here's number four. You get comfortable with disagreement. I observe that most people do not have great skills when it comes to disagreeing with other people. And then think about it. That awkwardness comes into a team meeting. You multiply it by everybody in the room. What you end up with is a bunch of people who play it really safe. And it's not surprising, right? They're not so great at disagreeing at home with people that they love. How good can they be disagreeing on a team? If you're going to help people openly discuss ideas, you need to build your comfort with disagreement so people can learn from you. Find phrases like, I think differently about that. Go back to Crucial Conversations if you've ever read it. Read it again. It has chapter after chapter of ways to think and phrases to say that make disagreements more comfortable. If you get more comfortable with disagreement, it's more likely that people will feel safe openly discussing ideas. If you want to give people permission to openly discuss ideas, the four things I mentioned are respond with thanks, be curious, don't take things personally, it's not about you, develop your comfort for disagreement. Try them on. They are tools. Uh, Play with them with the goal of getting people to openly discuss ideas. The second big idea is about... Developing the skills on the team to talk and listen to each other. If you suddenly think that's your responsibility to develop your team and give them skills, how would you go about that? Well, first, you I want to say you listen to this show so you have some thoughts about skill building. I'm going to guess that you have a discipline of it for yourself in some way. You know that part of yourself. So... If you were going to, let's say, if you were going to learn any one of those four skills that I just mentioned, right? Responding with thanks, being curious, not taking things personally, get comfortable with disagreement. How would you go about adopting any one of those? Would you do affirmations in the mirror in the morning? Would you put sticky notes around your computer? Would you put a rubber band on your wrist and snap it? I mean, whatever you do, could you take it to your team? Could you talk about... Skill building as a thing with your team? Do a book club. Have someone do a teach back. Uh, Here's something that I have heard several leaders do. This is such a touching story to me. Several leaders have written to me and said they play an episode of of the show, Look and Sound of Leadership, during their team meetings, and then they discuss it. I was so thrilled and touched. The point here is, If you want your team to learn skills, the skills to help them talk to each other and listen with each other, you have to make it a thing. You have to consistently devote time to it. And I know that that's a challenge. So if you believe, like I do, that these skills are not innate, that just because we have speech doesn't mean we're good at talking, and just because we have hearing doesn't mean we're good at listening, give your team the time and the tools to get better. If you want a really easy tool to start with, really, this one takes like six seconds, get the tool from this episode, The Gradients of Agreement. It's, it's a PDF. It's on the Essential Communications website. It's in the Essential Tools bin. The link is in the show notes. It's free. Download it. Give it to your people during a meeting. It is. I swear to you, it's the easiest tool in the world to use. They'll look at it. They'll get it right away, and they can use it, and they get used to using a tool to talk and listen to each other. It's really easy to do. And you could do that with any of our infographics, by the way. I'm not pushing them. They're free. I mean, you're welcome to have them. But, you know, the things that people have really found helpful, sorting and labeling, storytelling, answering questions powerfully, grab any of them, share it with your team. Ask them what they think. Ask them, what behaviors would you all like to adopt? What do you want to work on together? See what interests them. And then you make a plan for assessing it you check in on it, you keep people talking about it, and listen for how their thinking changes about it over time. What you're building is a learning community. So you help keep it alive, they will learn skills to talk and listen in order for them to openly discuss ideas. Teams that work together on their skills, I just want to say, I have seen them be amazing. I want to tell you about one of them right after this month's gratitude. This month, I just want to say again, thank you to the team leaders who let me know that the show has been helpful for them. Uh, really, it was so exciting to read your emails. I'm so grateful. Thank you. It's really it's why we do the show, so I'm glad it was helpful. Thanks this month to Ryan Stevens. Ryan does a show called The Catalyzing Podcast. His audience is healthcare workers and athletic trainers, and he provides tools to help them be more successful, not unlike the look and sound of leadership. He had me on a show, and we ended up talking about tools for teams. And it was a great conversation. There is a link in the show notes, and there's also a link in our on our website under Conversations. Under Conversations, all my interviews from all the years, they're all there, including all of the ones that I have done with my friend Dave Stahoviak on Coaching for Leaders. And by the way, that is something that I am grateful for. This show of mine brought me together with Dave. So thank you. And Ryan, thanks again for having me as a guest. And then of course my deepest gratitude to those of you who make the effort to post reviews. It it makes such a difference. I cannot thank you enough. My gratitude goes this month to these are all from the US, JG Walt 72. OPEC's leader 98, and, continuing his string, Todd Thompson. You know, Todd, if I had swag, I would send it to you. I thank you for all your support. But thank you, really, to everyone, all of you who write reviews. It means the world. Thank you very much. I want to end with a story that I hope will inspire you. It inspired me. It's about a team that I worked with that was such a different experience for me coming in to meet them. They were the most high-performing group really probably I've ever encountered. This group had been working with a colleague of mine for years, and she had done at least 2 offsites with them every year for many years. So in addition to doing strategy work with them... She did a lot of skill building. She taught them the Plus Delta exercise. She did DISC. She taught them about listening. She taught them about conflict resolution. They had worked really hard. And then at one point, they wanted to work on their presentation skills and their executive presence. And so she brought me in. These folks were in Michigan. And I arrived the evening before I was going to do my session with them. I hadn't met any of them. I had only talked on the phone with the leader. I had not seen him on video. So as I'm checking into the hotel, I see this group of people outside around a fire pit. And I just have the feeling that those are the people I was going to be working with in the morning. And the people at the front desk said, yep, those are them. I was going to go out and say hello. But before I did, I was just watching them for a second. And I had the strongest impression that it was a family gathering. They just seemed to genuinely enjoy each other. I took a look around the group. I was just wondering. I wasn't didn't had no expectations on this one. But I was just wondering if I could pick out the leader. And I couldn't. So I go in. I say hello. I spend about a half an hour with them. And I just want to say that family feeling just got stronger. It was so easy to be with them. They teased each other. They laughed together a lot. Um, they talked seriously together a lot. They were just so easy and comfortable being together. So it was easy to be with them. Working with them the next day was like... Gliding on smooth ice. It was all just so easy. I watched, they were just so willing to take risks in front of each other. They would offer each other up feedback and they would offer it with kindness and specificity. They challenged each other with really interesting ideas and then they listened to each other. They often individually would offer up things that were difficult for them. It was quite astonishing and the team leader was quiet for most of the day. He and I would talk during the breaks, but otherwise he didn't talk much. He he was completely present and completely focused, but he was not driving the bus. And these men and women were just in an amazing work relationship with each other. It was inspiring. I remember feeling lucky to work with them. They were great. And by the way, I saw them again when COVID hit and I worked with them online and they were the most Nimble group online, I've ever seen. I mean, they were jumping on and off mute and they were throwing in comments and they just, it was such a lively thing and it made me laugh. Just kind of, it was so spirited. They are not like other teams. I give the credit to this to the team leader. He had made learning and development a priority in his life and not just for his team, but for himself. You know, he'd been engaged in coaching with my friend for years he was also in therapy which he talked about openly with his team he believed in his own growth and he believed in it for his people and i was not at all surprised when i found out that his team was so high performing within the company they outpaced every group in their category i was not surprised and i just want to say i think a lot of it was because that leader believed in developing the skills to discuss ideas openly. They could do that. I hope this story excites you. If you want to keep learning, there are so many threads connected to this episode. One is just go to the Essential Tools bin, grab the Gradients of Agreement tool, just use it, or any of the others. Help yourself, please. Next, you might look in the podcast library because this episode is tagged in three categories, communication skills, leading teams, management skills. And needless to say, there are lots of other episodes. By the way, I I mentioned really briefly, I talked about the plus delta exercise that that team did. I actually did an episode about it. Uh, so that's one of the episodes that you might listen to. Five others are facilitating open dialogue, how teams fight, leadership behavior in meetings, questions as leadership, and Taming Meetings. Good luck. I hope this is exciting work for you. That's it for me. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.